welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I am Tom Yoder. The story you're about to hear was told by Zoe Friedman Coleman in November when the theme was Strangers. Zoe is a lover of adventure, from catching frogs with her hands as a child, to backpacking in the mountains, to spontaneous dancing in the living room. After moving to Dolores, Colorado, she's already fallen in love with the landscape, community, and energy of her new home. Here's Zoe's story. As humans, we spend our whole lives with ourselves and think we know ourselves better than anyone. I thought I did when I volunteered on the U.S.-Mexico border when I was 19. It was during summer vacation of college and I thought, yeah, I'll go experience a different reality. But I thought I knew what I was bringing there. It was my second week and I walked into the church that I was volunteering at. It was always freezing, the air conditioned blasting, filled with these plastic tables illuminated by fluorescent lights. And I walked in wearing my bright turquoise volunteer shirt. And the families are clustered around these tables and they looked up at me, noticing my pale skin, my blonde hair, and immediately I recognized I was a stranger to them. I was a stranger to their reality. And I walked in and I saw them clustered around these tables. Families that had traveled from Honduras or El Salvador, Guatemala, Cuba, China. And they're sitting there. There's a family in the corner, all holding rosaries in their hands, the colorful beads interlaced between their fingers. And they're saying prayers. Gracias a Dios. Thank you, God. Thank you that we are here in this church. Behind them, there was a man holding his infant son, trying to feed him mush bananas as he was talking on the phone. And the son was crying, his nose running down onto his shirt, and the man speaking rapidly into this phone in Spanish, maybe to his, the mother or her family or a doctor. His eyes were wide and terrified. On another table, I overheard a woman speaking to a friend or maybe a stranger about how she had walked with her daughter across the desert, nearly freezing to death at night, scorched by the Arizona sun in the morning. But in the far corner, I noticed a mother and a daughter sitting separate from the rest of the group. And the mother was hunched over the plastic plate of food in front of her, the huevos con frijoles, pan dulce, all of these donated items that we gave the families that came in, and she wasn't touching it. I tried not to notice the tears that were running down her face or her fragile body clothed in this big baggy green t-shirt. I tried not to notice that she was my age. And next to her, her daughter kept tracing circles on her mother's hand over and over in a familiar motion, looking down at the ground, at the mother's dusty shoes, at the GPS bracelet that Border Patrol had put on her ankle to track her. And I wondered if the girl knew what it meant. I went over to them and I realized that the girl was different than all the other children I had met in the week before, different than Samuel, this little boy who came up to me immediately and started making faces, missing his two front teeth, his chapped lips and big cheeks, until I started laughing and he started laughing. Or little Adriana, the girl that kept singing, galletas quiero yo, galletas quiero yo. She wanted cookies and so I finally snuck her another cookie from the kitchen and gave her this big dramatic wink. And, but this girl just kept tracing circles in her mother's hand and wouldn't look up. I went over to them and I asked, Han terminado, have you finished? And the mother nodded 
and they followed me out, and after they ate, all the families went out to the showers that were behind the church. And so they followed me out carrying this green backpack with them. It was frayed, made of corduroy, very dirty, worn from their journey. And as we walked out, I wanted to ask them, where did you come from, or how did you get here? But I also, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I didn't want to hear another story like the ones I had heard, the one of the two boys who had showed up crammed in the trunk of a coyote's truck who had driven across the border, or the pregnant woman I had met the day before, 18 years old, alone and bruised after being kidnapped and abused in Honduras. I couldn't bear to hear another story like that, and so I didn't ask, and we walked out in silence. When we reached the showers, the stench of bleach chlorine and kind of musty mildew hits us, and the mother puts the backpack down on this plastic chair, and a small stuffed bunny falls out of the side pocket. And immediately I scoop it up and pick it up to keep it from getting wet on this disgusting cement. And I look down at it, and its fur is matted, and the ears are worn, and the eyeballs are all scratched from being held. And I handed it back to the little girl, and she grabbed it and cradled it in her arms and rocked it back and forth. And the mother smiled up at me, wanting to share this moment, wanting to connect as, as a woman, as a daughter, as a mother. And I looked down at the ground and I clenched my toes inside of my shoes as I told them that everything they had brought with them had to be thrown away. Contaminado, I tried to explain to them, contaminated. And the mother repeated it to me, contaminado, trying to understand. And she reached into her backpack and started pulling out all of the items that they had carried with them on their journey. A blue t-shirt with a sunflower smiling out. She put it in the trash can. They pulled out a used tube of toothpaste and a toothbrush in the trash can. She pulled out a small perfume bottle in the shape of a honeybee. And she looked out at it and opened it and sprayed it right in between her daughter's collarbones in the hollow of her neck. And the girl smiled. And I immediately thought back to when I was young and I used to run downstairs in the morning and wrap myself in my mother's scarves because they smelled like coffee and lavender and reminded me of her. And then the mother placed it in the trash can too. And finally, the trash piled up, and the bag was empty, and she placed the bag on top. Just like all the other families I had watched go through, putting their memories, their items, into these trash bags that then got dumped in the dumpster, and the dumpsters are carried away. And I looked, and the mother was still holding a piece in her hand. It was a belt, and it had a big silver buckle with the initials JLM on it. And she saw me looking at it. Este mi esposo, she explained. It is my husband's. No sé dónde está. I don't know where he is. And I looked at it. And she was holding it. And then she held it out to me. And it wasn't a gesture of understanding. It was a motion of defeat, of surrender. And the little girl who had been cowering next to her mother looked up at me for the first time, looked right in my eyes, these big brown eyes of hers, and the person I saw reflected in her eyes wasn't the person that I thought I had been. And I realized in that moment, I was no different than the men on the border who had detained them, who had taken away their freedom, may have taken their father. In her eyes, I was the same as the border patrol men. I was a reinforcement of this wall that told them they were not wanted here. And I looked at her. And I thought about the word I had just said to the mother, contaminado. And I tried to understand why I had said it. And I didn't know it wasn't my word, it's the word of the law, the word of, that's been imposed to keep people from bringing these memories with them. 
And I looked back at the mother who was holding this belt out to me. And I took it from her. And I held it in my hand, and the leather was supple and worn. The buckle scratched. And I looked down at it, and back at the girl. And she was still watching me. And she kind of retreated back into her mother's embrace. And I thought about when I was young. The mother's embrace is a place of safety and warmth and love. And they stood facing me on this empty stretch of pavement next to the showers. And I wanted to explain to the girl that I too was a daughter, that I still sleep in my dad's oversized t-shirt because it reminds me of him and reminds me of home. And even now as a 22-year-old, I have a stuffed horse that I still carry with me, Coco. And he stays with me because he reminds me of when I was a child. And that I used to write letters in my mother's hands, write secret messages that only she could understand. And that her embrace still reminds me that I am young and safe and loved. And I looked at this mother and daughter facing me. I looked down at the belt again. And quickly, silently, I wrapped the belt around the immigration papers and handed them back to the mother. Thank you. Thanks, Zoe, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. And don't miss our Story Slam event coming up on January 13th in 2018 at the Durango Arts Center when the theme will be Cold Feet. You can also subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And of course, share these stories with your friends and comment on them. We love your comments. Special thanks to our photographer, McCarson Tafoya of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org. Now for an outtake. <laughs> Wendy's a grammar geek. <laughs> Just sit there in my rocking chair listening uh, to you. <laughs> you got Go a real nice there, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Happiest when attending live musical theater with Tom Yoder in his rocking Chew. chair. <laughs> Chewing tobacco in my rocking chair. <laughs> Tom Yoder We're is here trans- on the front porch on Mankus. <laughs> He is transmuted into an old African-American woman. That's right. (laughs) Perfect. You boys get off my yard.